0: Chapter twenty one of Stories of King Arthur and His Knights This is a Librivox recording. All Librivox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit Librivox.org Recording by Joy Chan Stories of King Arthur and his Knights by U e. Waldo Cutler Chapter twenty one How Sir Tristram departed from Tintagel and was long in the forest. There were great jousts and tourneying at that time in Cornwall, and Sir Tristram was most praised of all the knights, but some were jealous because of his prowess, and especially Sir Andred, that was cousin unto Sir Tristram, ever lay in a watch to wait betwixt him and the fair Isolde, for to take them and slander them. So upon a day Sir Tristram talked with Isolde in a window, and that espied Sir Andred, and told it to the king. Then King Mark took a sword in his hand and came to Sir Tristram, and called him false traitor, and would have stricken him. But Sir Tristram ran under his sword and took it out of his hand, and then the king cried, Where are my knights and my men? I charge you, slay this traitor! But there was not one would move for his words. When Sir Tristram saw there was not one would be against him, he shook the sword to the king, and made as though he would strike him. And then King Mark fled, for he was a coward, and Sir Tristram followed him, and smote upon him five or six strokes with the flat of his sword on the neck, so that he made him fall upon the nose. Sir Tristram then went his way and armed himself, and took his horse and his man, and so he rode into the forest. King Mark called his council unto him, and asked advice of his barons what was best to do with Sir Tristram. Their counsel was to send for him, that they might be friends, for in a quarrel, if Sir Tristram were hard bestead, many men would hold with him against the king, and if so peerless a knight should depart from King Mark's court and go to King Arthur's, he would get himself such friends there that Cornwall would be in ill repute. So the baron sent for Sir Tristram under a safe conduct, and he was welcomed back by King Mark but his enemies ever plotted against him, and on a day Sir Andred and some of the barons set upon him secretly, seized him and took him, bound hand and foot, unto a chapel which stood upon the sea-rocks. When Sir Tristram saw that Andred meant to kill him there, he said, "'Fair lords, remember what I have done for the country Cornwall, and in what jeopardy I have been for the weal of you all, and see not me die thus to the shame of all knighthood.' But Andred held to his purpose, and when Sir Tristram saw him draw his sword to kill him, he looked upon both his hands that were fast bound unto two knights, and suddenly he pulled them both to him, and so freed his hands. Then he leapt unto his cousin Andred, and wrested his sword out of his hands. Then he smote Sir Andred to the earth, and fought with the others till he had killed ten knights. So Sir Tristram gat the chapel and kept it by force. Then the uproar became great, and the people gathered unto Sir Andred more than a hundred, whereupon Sir Tristram shut fast the chapel door, and break the bars of a window, and so he leapt out and fell upon the crags by the sea. Here Sir Andred and his fellows might not get to him at that time, and so they departed. When Sir Tristram's men heard that he was escaped, they were passing glad, and on the rocks they found him, and with towels they pulled him up. Then Sir Tristram dreaded sore lest he were discovered unto the king, wherefore he sent Gouvernail for his horse and his spear, and so he rode his way into the forest. As he rode he was in great sorrow at departing in this wise, and as he made great dole, by fortune a damsel met him, and she and her lady brought him meat and drink. Also they brought him a harp, for they knew him, and wist that for goodly harping he bore the prize in the world. So they tried to give him comfort, but he ate little of the food, and at the last came wholly out his mind for sorrow. He would go about in the wilderness breaking down the trees and boughs, and otherwhile, when he found the harp that the lady sent him, then would he harp and play thereupon, and weep together. Sometimes when Sir Tristram was in the wood, then would the lady sit down and play upon the harp; then would he come to that harp and hearken thereto, and sometimes he would harp himself. Thus it went on a quarter of a year, when at the last Sir Tristram ran his way, and the lady wist not what had become of him. He waxed lean and poor of flesh, and fell into the fellowship of herdmen and shepherds, and daily they would give him of their meat and drink; and when he did any evil deed they would beat him with rods, and so they clipped him with shears and made him like a fool. And upon a day Sir Dagonet, King Arthur's fool, came into Cornwall, with two squires with him, and as they rode through the forest, they came by a fair well where Sir Tristram was wont to be. The weather was hot, and they alighted to drink of that well, and in the meanwhile their horses brake loose. Just then Sir Tristram came unto them, and first he soused Sir Dagonet in that well, and then his squires, and thereat laughed the shepherds. For withal he ran after their horses, and brought them again one by one, and right so, wet as they were, he made Sir Dagonet and his squires mount and ride their ways. Thus Sir Tristram endured there a half-year, and would never come in town or village. Then Sir Andred that was cousin unto Sir Tristram, let a tale be brought unto King Mark's court, that Sir Tristram was dead, and that ere he died he besought King Mark to make Sir Andred king of the country of Leoness of the which Sir Tristram was lord. When Queen Isold heard of these tidings she made such sorrow that she was nigh out of her mind, and she lay long sick at the point of death. Meanwhile a knight came unto King Mark, and told him of a madman in the forest at the fair fountain. So he commanded his knights to take Sir Tristram with fairness and bring him to his castle. Yet he knew not that the madman was Sir Tristram. They did softly and fair, and cast mantles upon Sir Tristram, and so led him unto Tintagel. There they bathed him, and gave him hot suppings, till they had brought him well to his remembrance. But all this while there was no creature that knew Sir Tristram, nor what man he was. Now it fell upon a day that the queen, the fair Isold, heard of this man that ran wild in the forest, and how the king had brought him home to the court, and with Dame Bragwaine, she went to see him in the garden, where he was reposing in the sun. When she looked upon Sir Tristram she knew not that it was he, yet it seemed to her she had seen him before. But as soon as Sir Tristram saw her he knew her well enough, and he turned away his visage and wept. The Queen had always with her a little dog that Sir Tristram gave her the first time that ever he came into Cornwall, and never would that dog depart from her unless Sir Tristram was nigh there with this sword. Anon, as this little dog caught a scent of Sir Tristram, she leapt upon him, licked his cheeks, whined and smelled at his feet, and over his whole body. Then the fair soul saw that it was her lord, Sir Tristram, and thereupon she fell down in a swoon, and so lay a great while. When she might speak, she blessed God that Sir Tristram was still alive, yet she knew that her lord, King Mark, would discover him by the little dog that would never leave him. End of chapter 21